Hello, this is Lisa LaRose here on Connect to Love on PRNFM, and I am joined by my wonderful co-host, Michael J. Russ, and I absolutely love the topic of conversation uh, that Michael proposed for today, which is the subject of happiness. And I was just listening to one of my books, The Happiness Advantage, and there was something that really caught my eye, and it was that positive emotions are contagious. And I just fell in love with that because, Michael, you have a smile and a positive attitude that really is contagious. <laughs> so I'm going to welcome you. And uh, let's uh, start this exploration. I mean, I couldn't think of any more contagion that I would love to uh, be exposed to than your smile. <laughs> so oh, welcome. Geez. I really appreciate it. I'm not the only one, though. There's just a lot of teeth. And, and lately, they, they want to be giving me trouble. So that's just the way that goes. But it's lovely. Thank you so much for the, for the comment you are uh, uh, incredibly gracious, and I, you have, not only that, but you have a huge smile yourself. So uh, it 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 just runs. It runs. We connect, and it just causes both of us to smile and and, and giggle and laugh and, and just enjoy life, which I think is really kind of fun. And I love these hours that we spend together uh, because they uh, they help me open my mind to uh, even wider than it already is, you know, because I, I don't know everything. I'm just, you know, a work in progress just like anybody else. Um, so love it. Yeah, the art of being happy is what we were uh, going to move today. And I, I, I'd like to hear um, from you, just because you, you, you finished the book, what was, what, what's your takeaway? What's your takeaway from that that our listeners can, can uh, what's the move you think they can, they can pick up on today and, and embrace? Well, uh, you know, there, there's just so much in there. But one of the things that really uh, blew my mind, I guess, was the fact that in, in a smile and in the facial features that we express to others, they're received, they truly are received by other people. And that scientists have found that we have in our brain these mere neurons. They're really specialized nerve cells that sense and mimic the feelings and actions and physical sensations of another person. And I, I thought to myself, oh my gosh, that's really the key. Like you think about when you smile at a baby, right? And you start to make silly faces, and then you'll see the baby start to do that. But how powerful, I mean, we don't really truly embrace, I think, that our smile can make a difference. And that just by smiling at somebody, it exudes a positive energy that they receive and that they mimic. And what, one of the things that I found so fascinating, this is what, it was sort of similar to entrainment, that it didn't matter whether or not the other person was smiling, that if there was a positive social connection, there was actually a resonant field that they would build a rapport. And as that rapport would build, that other person that was with the happy person would actually elicit a change. And he went in to talk about even on sports teams, how on a team, if you have one happy player, it can be contagious and it can create an enthusiasm. And they may not be as skilled as players as perhaps the other team is, but it's because of their enthusiasm and that the energy that they create in that whole resonant field that makes a difference. And I really 
love that. I thought about, you know, like building rapport when you make eye contact with somebody, how difficult that is for some people. But when you do, a lot of times when you connect that eye contact, you smile. Right? It's just, it's very, it's a, it's a natural thing. And, and, you know, very rarely, I think that's sort of what the disadvantage of social media is. I mean, we don't get to really truly interact with those neurons and that energy that is being put out. You know, it's actually having that physical connection. And uh, I know that that's super important to you. And, and you came back from an amazing trip. And I'm sure that not only was your smile contagious on uh, your travels down there, but the people that you met. Uh, and I'd love to hear a little bit of, of what you, you know, what your sort of uh, thoughts are on smiling and positivity being contagious. Well, first and foremost, I make, it, it really starts when I go check in at the airport. Um, even before that, the person who takes us to the airport, I, I was... <laughs> I was uh, driving around a couple of days in advance, and we were thinking about not leaving our car parked at the airport. We wanted to kind of get a ride. And I, we made a turn down a street, which we always uh, turn down when we're going to uh, my girlfriend's restaurants. And there was a, a van with lettering on the back about uh, uh, transportation, something transportation, Suraman Sur- 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 transportation. I took a picture of it. And when I got home, I made a phone call. And I said, hey, we're going to the airport and we'd like to book you to do it. Can you give us a price? And he, and he was kind of startled. And it all came together when, we got, when he actually came and took us to the airport, picked us up, that he had just come down from, uh, from New York City. And we were his first ride. <laughs> he just set oh, up his hey. Yeah, he just wow. set up his business. He says, I really didn't know what to charge me. I had to, I had to come back to you because I had to go do some research. He had just come back from getting the, the, the lettering put on the vehicle. That's, how, that's where we wow. crossed paths with him. He was a Jamaican. Talk about a point uh, of attraction. <laughs> yeah, he was a Jamaican man, uh, very, very astute. He would had several businesses, and his sister lived down here, and he moved down here, and, and he set up this business, uh, transport. And... It was really kind of cool. I, I think we overpaid him for the trip out. Uh, we had the great conversation, and I told him, I said, look. He said, yeah. I said, he said, I'm going to get my van detailed. I said, well, the guy across the street, I know him. I'll talk to him. I'll give him your number. You can connect with him. turns out that he, you know, he, uh, he was there this morning at 8 a.m. getting his van completely detailed by this guy. And it's, what's really fun is when you can, you can make a connection with someone and then be of service to them. And it's just, it's mm-hmm. a feeling you just, that it's just, it's electrifying. It's absolutely electrifying to find out that you help someone else make another, make a connection with someone that you know. Uh, and, uh, and that you've been of service to them. You've helped them. They're new in town. I run into, we run into a lot of people who just moved here. And we hook them up with, you know, where to go, some of the best restaurants, some of the, some of the uh, restaurants that are the healthiest, um, hook them up across the bridge or in some other places. We tell them the names of people to ask for. And the whole idea is to help them feel at home and have an experience 
mm-hmm. that is really positive. You, you want that for people. You want that for people you don't even know. So when we, when I get, it started out with the pickup, um, smiling, laughing, having a good time on the way to the airport, get there, uh, and there's always a person who checks you in. And for me, I always make sure that I approach them and my, my, first, my interaction with them with a very big smile um, because mm-hmm. a lot of people who travel don't smile. They are stressed out by the concept of traveling. For me, I'm like, hey, I'm happiest being on a plane, going somewhere. Right. Um, I enjoy it, uh, and uh, I know you do too, and it's fun. Uh, it's, I, it, it's the perception of it. And I, I always like to say that, that perceptions dictate how you feel, what you feel you're capable of, the other thoughts that you have surrounding the perception or what the event or what's happening that you're perceiving in a positive or negative way. So if you, if you decide that stre- travel is stressful, you're, you've got to go somewhere and you, you instill the perception that, adopt, excuse me, the perception that, that it's negative, that, that it's stressful, it's bad, you know, something bad about it. That is the experience you're going to, that's going to unfold for you. And I remember this always, that when you, you, can, you can shift someone's day, um, and I'll tell you another story in, in just a second about a woman that I met sitting next to you in the Sky Club uh, on the way back, but it starts at the beginning. It starts at the beginning, and, and they smile, I smile back, I greet them, I say thank you, I'm so grateful for you helping us, and, uh, and then move on, and then smile at the TSA guy smile and find something funny or witty to say about something that they've done, you know, just because they always, they encounter people all day long who have, who have a, um, what you call it, who, who are resonating, whose, whose resonant field is full of negativity. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine uh, being in a, in, a, in, a, in a job like that, but in the service industry, be it restaurant, be it airport, TSA, whatever it may be, um, whether you're 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 got a business cleaning someone's house or you're doing someone's yard, there's always you're always picking up, you're always bombarded by other people's negativity because their um, state of being is out of whack. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's it's it, because of they're negatively reacting to everything that's going on outside of them. Now I can tell you that it's a whole trip. No matter where I am, who I meet, that is how I face it. Big smile. Uh, because you know what? Life is an adventure. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's, not, it's, it's not something that, that you just have to live through. <laughs> and this, is the, this is the perception. My perception is life is an adventure and it's what I make it. <laughs> You're <laughs> you, know what you know, when you said that, it reminded me of Esther Hicks when she would get into an elevator and everybody would be very stoic. Do you know the story about her? And she got into the elevator and everybody's standing there with their own personal space around them and, you know, right. what floor, please, one, two, four. And she said, lingerie, please. And everybody looked at her. And she said, and then everybody started to have fun with it. I'm like, oh, well, yeah, I think exactly. I'll go to here. And, and it just took that one little bit of lightheartedness, that happiness, that joy that she was radiating from her heart to shift what was going on in that elevator. Absolutely. And, uh, I think that's an awesome. I'm going to use that. 
I don't know. Maybe I'm not going to say lingerie, but I'll say no, I'll say something else. But well, <laughs> it can't yeah. be weird. Lingerie, please. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But you're right. People in an elevator, and I go. I've, you know, I spent a lot of time in elevators this past uh, this past week. Um, it's just part of being somewhere, moving, going from one place to another. Elevators are involved, or it could be lines, queues that you're standing in. Uh, for uh, those of you who live outside the United States, it's a queue, um, and it's it's fun. To I love looking in front of me, the person in front of me, the person in back of me, and figuring out something to say to them about either what they're wearing or that they're there. Uh, it's easy when you're on when you're when you're on mm-hmm. vacation because you can say, "So, how long have you been here? You know, where did you come from? What do you like about this place? What do you, what do you how do you feel about being here?" And Mm-hmm. It, it, you strike up a conversation with people, um, and, and I did it all the time. And I'll tell you this little story about this. This woman was sitting, uh, we were at the Sky Club getting ready to, uh, we had an hour before we had to leave Los Angeles to uh, get on the flight to Atlanta to come to Panama City. And it was about 9 o'clock in the morning, and we, there was a woman sitting next to us all by herself. And she actually reminded me, she looked like, I literally, she looked like a correspondent that is on either 60 Minutes or some other program, uh, news program. And Mm -hmm. when I got up to kind of go do something, I stopped for a moment and I said, hey, you look very familiar. And the person you look like is is a great correspondent, somebody that I've seen. And she goes, really? I said, yeah. She says, well, I'm not her. (laughs) And I said, no. You're kidding me. And she goes, she goes, no, I'm, I'm not her. That's not me. I said, dang, you've got a doppelganger hanging around somewhere. And our conversation, my next, my next you know, I didn't stumble over it and go, oh, excuse me, my mistake. I'll see you later and leave you alone. I said, I said so, what do you, so what do you do? And she said, I'm in HR. And she'll probably listen to this podcast at some particular point in time because I gave her my card. So, and I told her about this podcast and my own. So it's possible that she might, she might actually listen to this particular episode. But she was such a lovely woman. She had a beautiful smile on her face. And, uh, and she told me the company she worked for. And I kind of, she said, what's your podcast about? And I kind of let her in on, on, uh, on the, the main theme behind Life Moves and, and what Connect to Love is about. And it, it's always fun to connect with people. And, and she said something very beautiful to me before I got into the podcast. She says, you have made my day. And oh, I said to her, I said to her, this, that is my intent when I'm, when I'm out and about. I've, my, my motto, my mission in life is to leave, leave people better than I found them. And she said, you know something? My gosh, I said that very same thing to my stepchildren just this weekend. Leave people mm-hmm. in a better place than you found them. And I said, yeah, same thing. We're on the same page. And mm-hmm. I appreciated her. I thanked her very much. This is, the interesting thing is how most people are shy. We'll go back to the elevator situation. I'll walk into an elevator and I'll say something funny and make a funny quip about if I'm in Vegas or in uh, Biloxi, I will make a, a funny comment about, so who here took the casino's money? Because <laughs> they got all the <laughs> That's money. That's a great line. You know? Yeah. yeah. And, so, yeah and, and then everybody starts cracking up and laughing and somebody will say, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, they got me. <laughs> and I'm going, 
you know, a little bit of levity. levity. The millimeter right only lasts for like less than a minute, but it's fun to actually say that um, and to, uh, you know, it's easy to say when somebody's uh, got luggage and they're leaving and you're just going up to your room to, to say something uh, just just funny about uh, about their um, their their being. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's all over. You know, <laughs> and they're like, no, yeah, well, we got to get out of here. We got to go. We've been here. And and it's just it's just hilarious. But if you, if you can put yourself in any situation in in life, um, that is to me part of being your being happy is mm-hmm. being in some way satisfying somebody else, being of service to somebody else and bringing your levelty, your positive emotions, your your positive resonant field to them. And I don't think we can survive in life without that. And and you'd mentioned that social media doesn't allow that that form of connection for a conversation. And that is the downside of social media. It is it is and to become dependent upon it and think that it is the it is a connection, a real connection is a mistake. A mistake that mm-hmm. many people are making, be it at whatever age. Um, I'm not going to judge because I know some older people who are hooked on it. <laughs> I know some younger people right. who are hooked on it. You know, and it's it's just it's it's a shame. It, it's there's so many cool people out there, and there's so many cute, cool connections to be made with people. And it's not about names and um, what they do and where they live, all that factual stuff doesn't really matter in life. What matters is you're making the connection and, and you're taking your smile to them and having them return that smile to you. And mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're connected for that brief moment. And then you're gone. And you're gone in different directions. Um, that, is, that is, to me, the art of, of, of living a, a very happy and harmonious life. Mm-hmm. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. And you know, with, I have a, a Instagram page for my dogs, for my rescue dogs, mm-hmm. and it's interesting mm-hmm. because with that, you know, I really connect to these people's dogs. And one of these days, there's a lot of them that I really hope that I have an opportunity to meet because they're just so caring when something goes on with somebody else's pet, if they lose them or they're injured or whatever, and they're, you know, asking for prayers. I see people really stepped up to the plate, but I, I completely agree. There's, there's such a difference when you can actually connect with people live and in person and, you know, celebrate somebody's birthday or, you know, if you're at dinner and you see something, you know, last night we were out to dinner and there was, um, the gentleman, I haven't seen him in about a, a month, and he's the manager of the one restaurant, and he's such a nice man. And you know, two months ago, he was having some car trouble, <laughs> and I said, "So I said, how did you? How did everything go with your car?" And he like smiling, and he said, "Oh, I still don't have it back." He said, "I gave this guy, you know, four thousand dollars to to put a new engine in, and I still don't have my car back." <laughs> and I said. But he was, it was so interesting. He was smiling and happy. And he's like, I figured out, you know, a way to get around it. And we had a a lighthearted conversation. But it was nice to be remembered after two months of not seeing this this gentleman. And he makes it a nice, Mm -hmm. a nice experience when when we dine. And I think that's what, you know, I I look at synchronicities, right? And some people don't really understand that word, how things unfold, you know, to seemingly unconnected events that 
happen and they seem to connect and you go wait a minute wait a minute and so what's been coming up for me as a synchronicity lately is Leonardo da Vinci he seems to be popping up everywhere and and you may say well how did how is that and you know one of the the quotes that he said was about learning to see to realize that everything connects to everything else and you know he used to he was really famous for writing upside down and backwards in the things that correct. he felt was really important mm-hmm. and you know yeah. and so one of the the people that i really you know uh, admire is a gentleman by the name of robert edward grant and he's a mathematician really an amazing individual sort of like a renaissance man himself and you know, he was talking about a lot of the symbolism and the things that you know Leonardo put into his paintings and why he used geometries and things like that and but what it really made me think about was you know something my brain can't really comprehend but it made me think about imagination and creativity and really where we have this boundless potential and that is connected to happiness that when you are happy you are more creative which was one of the things that they found you have a greater imagination you perform better you have um, you know a lot of, of things that make you more efficient and you can actually I think spot opportunities so one of the the ways that uh, I know you know we're coming into a season where in this part of the world we don't have as much sunlight we're getting less and less sunlight so some people you know have seasonal affective disorder so you know you sort of have to look for ways to find yourself and make yourself happy and one of those I think would be that I utilize is a gratitude journal we've talked about this before and I think that when Mm -hmm. you connect the little things that make you happy and maybe that's one of your your next journals Michael that you you can come out with something related to happiness and gratitude uh, that you know that connection and I'd love for you you know because you got both have having a, a mm-hmm, yeah you do actually right <laughs> so you yeah, know, when, when we have you know so sometimes we have these blocks you know and that was the other part of what you know in, in that happiness he said you know you have to there's the old adage you know fake it till you make it but really he said you know when you smile it tricks the brain into believing that you're happy so eventually those neurotransmitters and those chemicals are going to be released and you actually do feel happier and I think that in you know you do rampages of appreciation where you start even if it's a frustrating thing for instance that gentleman who hasn't gotten his car back and spent quite a deal of money to have the work done and and the mechanic basically said to him well can I buy your car from you <laughs> which I thought I said well I just said to him I said do you want your car back and he said well yeah I'd like my car back and I said well you know you either need to you know it was sort of an, an interesting thing but he had a big <laughs> smile on his face when he was talking about it so it wasn't a horrible thing he didn't go into oh you know this horrible person is doing this to me I mean he was he was he said you know I understand people go through hard times and he can't get the parts and whatnot and I I was amazed by his positive happy attitude towards the whole thing I thought I need to model that I need to embrace that I'm gonna I'm gonna clock that as as a something yeah. for me to even master he's an example he's a positive example of how to uh, how to embrace and respond to any 
form of event, especially those that uh, might not be uh, so pleasant, so to speak, uh, which is incredibly important. It's it's the, the the thing I say to people more often than anything else is that the way you respond to something really determines everything. It's going to ultimately determine how you feel. You want to feel better, mm-hmm. respond differently to life. And it's it's not it's not complicated. It's not rocket science. It's just something that you have to focus on. And going through life with intention and purpose is making sure that you're and being in control more than anything else, which you have a lot of, uh, you have a, a masterful amount of control over how you feel. And the, mm-hmm. what most people have a tendency to do is to let something outside of them dictate how they feel uh, by responding to it in a way that validates something negative, the, the negative perception that they've, they've created uh, about it. This gentleman had two choices. He could have gotten upset because he paid 4000 and didn't have his car back, or he could have done exactly what he did. That's a choice. Everybody has that choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, and it, I remember that and apply it to every moment. And to me, that is how I create the art of being happy. That's, that's how I apply mm-hmm myself to to be happy and I, I told you this earlier which is really kind of interesting but art art is an application or expression of a human skill it's, it's imagination and what you're doing literally is you are you're expressing and applying human skill and imagination to create a feeling to create a flow within you a frequency uh, as it were that is happy happiness joy love uh, compassion, empathy, kindness—you all these things are these upper frequencies are 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 there, and they are what you resonate to others when you come into contact with them. And your smile is the physicality, the physical expression of that. Uh, and mm-hmm. it's 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 the one thing that kind of gets forgotten. We live in a world. It's funny because uh, I was just in Los Angeles and I was talking to somebody, and. Uh, they were talking about how, uh, you know, people aren't necessarily so friendly here. People in the South are so friendly. Yeah, that's true. Uh, in big cities, there isn't a lot of space for right. people. Uh, the density, is a lot of density in big cities. And so my view of this whole thing is that, uh, that people crave, they walk on the street, and they want to create this whole boundary around them, this barrier, uh, so that you won't see them, you won't talk to them, you won't say anything. <laughs> no, don't, don't comment. Don't do anything. This is my personal space, my personal time. I know it could be that way in New York City. Uh, you walk down the sidewalk, and there's, there's 15 other people walking. Uh, somebody's walking their dog. Another person's got their, their cat in their arms. Other people's walking their dog. And they just want to be alone because they're not alone that much. And I see it completely differently. I see it from a perspective of each person has a story. Each person has feelings. Mm-hmm. Each person is, is due an awesome feeling in, in, in their day. They, a, a random act of kindness in, in some way can propel somebody from one perception to another. And mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of interesting, but that's what you come across. And I said... I said, that's, that's really my view of things is that people really want 
to be. They want their personal space because they don't have it. Offices are crowded, uh, buses are crowded, subways are crowded, uh, wherever they are, it's crowded. Shopping's crowded. You're bumping shoulders with somebody all the time. And it's easy to get jaded, to become jaded uh, when, you, when you may be a bit tired or a bit out of sorts or you, you've encountered something and you're out and you need to get something, maybe you forgot a gift for somebody, now you're rushing to get it done. And to, it's easy to forget that the person you're getting the gift from is also a human being. They're a human mm-hmm. soul. And the people you encounter on the way, um, the taxi driver, if you have to take a taxi or an Uber driver. And in my view, there's never a reason at all in this world to be rude. We are, we are all one. We are one soul. And mm-hmm. that concept is not, gets, it gets lost in the mix. It gets lost in the mix. We're all one soul. We're all here together living this illusionary life in order to uh, elevate ourselves, to eventually uh, ascend to a different level as a, as a soul. That's what we're here for, in my view. Uh, and it, it, every day, the interaction with the outside world, and by the way, I work out of my office. I'm home all day. I just went to the mm-hmm. store and I had my opportunity to smile and be friendly and kind and, and, and in a very sincere, compassionate and empathetic way. Understanding that the people at the checkout line, what they have to deal with is, is crazy sometimes. And I really applaud people who have big smiles and um, the young men and women who work in there, uh, when they have a smile and they approach me, how are you? How, what, how's your day? And I basically... Look at, look at their name badge, and I call them my name and say, Darcy, it's awesome. It's really, really amazing. I hope yours is too. Give a big smile and make it a pleasant experience. Make the interaction a pleasant experience. If we could just remember to do one thing, let's make every interaction with other human souls a positive thing. Do our best. Let's, let's make that the art of our living is to, uh, is to with purpose and intention, Make it make during our daily connections to make it a good connection with someone else mm-hmm. that we come across, and it's not about yeah, whether they're going to be our best right. friend. It's, it's it's just you never know they might become your best friend. Uh, you, you, serendipity, as you said, you never know why you're where you are, and yeah. it's possible. What why did I why did I take a picture of that gentleman's uh, van transport man, and you know it's, it's weird. He, that's serendipity. That's a, to me, that's the definition of serendipity. There, my, I have a thought. The, the thought becomes manifest. I take the picture. I call them. I meet somebody new. And I get to be of service to them. And, and I'm sure we'll get together for a dinner at some particular point down the line. It's a very nice, very nice man. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's really, I think, you know, I, I really love what you're saying about painting, you know, painting the canvas of your life. You know, really... You know, you have this blank canvas, and every day you have that opportunity. Um, and you lead by example. So, you know, when, and, and I think no matter who you are, when you say, like, what do you want to be? I want to be happy. What do you want to do? Well, I want to do something that makes me happy. What lifestyle would you want to have? Well, I want to have a lifestyle that are with things that make me happy, surround myself. You know, and it all boils down to that and it's that connection and it's those you know whatever desires and goals that you have whatever your beliefs and thoughts are you can channel that in and make space and then so what are you going to put on your canvas today well you know i would love i love bright colors now 
in my world, you know, so this is a, a secret confession, right? Okay. Uh, is, uh, I'm, I'm listening. I love wacky hats. I like old vintage hats, and they make me happy. Cool. I put them on, and they are, I have this one, it looks like the Mad Hatter. I saw it in this little shop, and I put it on. It's the most ridiculous hat you've ever seen. And I love it. <laughs> it's polka dotted, black and white, and I absolutely love it. It is the biggest hat. Like I said, I'll have to take a picture of it. But I have these, Please, you know, I ones with that. big brims and whatnot. So I'm curious, mm-hmm. Michael, what do you have that is a oh, I knew you'd thing go that there. you enjoy? <laughs> I knew you were going there. I knew it. I knew you'd want to do that. <laughs> now I've got to think about it. <laughs> oh, you don't have to. Well, interesting, interestingly enough, interestingly <laughs> enough, I had, I had my, um, I, a couple of things. I, I'm in love with convertibles. Mm-hmm. I, and I've had one that's now going on 20, uh, it's 20 years old. I've had it for 17 years. Um, but I, let's see, I have a colors done by a gentleman up out of Canada. And I love orange. Orange is one of my, um, what you call it it's one of my uh complementary colors i think is what he called it and i have a bright orange belt i've got bright orange suede italian loafers that i wear moccasins and when i wear those with a pair of black or uh, gray or navy slacks that you know with no socks put the belt on and I've got, I can throw an orange shirt with it if I want to. Uh, oh, <laughs> no, nice. that may be too much. I just, I just love, I've always loved clothes and I've always loved shoes. You like mm-hmm. hats, I like clothes and shoes. I have shoes that I have, that I can still wear from 1983. Dress shoes. You know, I mean, I have clothing. I, let, I buy decent quality clothing at a, a reasonable price. It lasts me for years. As a matter of fact, Sandy's mm-hmm. dying to have me get rid of some. You know, you got you're, you're taking up too much of the closet, and I'm going to <laughs> it, clothes. To me, have clothes and shoes. I, it's not just about going shopping and buying a bunch of stuff. I curate my wardrobe like I curate my own happiness. <laughs> like I tell mm-hmm. people to curate their life, curate their uh, their existence, man, through uh, their own imagination and. Uh, to kind of manifest into their life what they what they want most. Uh, I I like shoes. If I I've got one more pair I really want to buy, but I'm not going to be able to buy until next spring because uh, it's uh, we're going into fall and they're not the shoes that you would buy from fall. Although I live in a place that is is very sun- sunny, but I've got lots of shoes that I will never wear out. <laughs> I, I do wear them all mm-hmm. um, except for maybe the alligator or the crocodile or the the lizard uh, loafers because I don't dress up that much however I've gotten more into casual but but I like the orange shoes I like orange shirts I like um, anything orange I'd put on an orange pair of glasses if I could find them orange pair of sunglasses um, oh, and you know that's... here's the interesting thing mm-hmm. when you said that what I thought is that a lot of people are embarrassed to basically uh, be themselves and express themselves 
and what they what they like in life when they when they go out they're embarrassed to be judged and mm-hmm. that is a shame i mean that's the elephant in the room when you say oh i like pink and you know or i like really goofy hats then you must you're you're of the mind that you don't really care what other people say about you what, what other people say about you is none of your business none of your business is the term I use when people um, are, are sensitive about that and, and being judged. You have to get to a point within in, in an understanding of yourself where what you do, you do for you because it makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. You're not into trying to make other people feel good about you. You're not trying to get other people to judge you in a positive way because that pretty much reflects that there's something deficient within you that you don't feel good about yourself. I feel awesome about myself and I really don't care. <laughs> mm-hmm. what other people say or do i love it i love i love you know i'll wear boy well, last time i wore that orange combination i got more people wow that is awesome i get so many compliments oh, i bet um even the comment like oh i would never do that but it looks awesome on you and i'm going well, maybe red's your thing or pink's your thing i, I don't it doesn't really matter <laughs> You're the, true. the point yeah, is absolutely. whatever whatever mm-hmm. yeah whatever makes you feel good about yourself and good about life and it's not about that i i go out and and buy a pair of shoes every week because i uh, that thing makes that buying the, the the concept of buying and having it in my closet makes me feel good no it's about okay i enjoy this thing mm-hmm. when i wear it it resonates with me it has the positive energy that i have and that is the reason why I do it, and I take care of them. I don't beat things up, you know. Um, someday I'll do a YouTube set of YouTube videos about how men can take care of their shoes because that was that was one of my past lives, um, shoe business. Ah, isn't that uh, interesting? And, yeah, one of my past lives. I was a I was a manager. Of, I've I've actually worked for three shoe stores and managed one shoe store for a couple of years, um, and I learned every nuance there is to know about preserving a pair of dress shoes <laughs> men or women actually uh, well you know it's it's shoes are an interesting thing when i when i was younger i used to wear lots of crazy high heels and now i'm like you michael i like comfort you know it's so important for me for my feet to feel good and so when you put your orange shoes on i bet your feet feel really good and that's what makes you happy and that well, they're, feeling. they're very comfortable. You're right. You're right about that. Although I can tell you, uh, I've never had the experience of having to go from high heels to flats or something uncomfortable. You know, it, it's it always it, it perplexes me as to how and why um, people allow uh, an entire industry to uh, dictate what they wear because and and dictate that this thing will be will make you feel like a million dollars and it, it's so uncomfortable <laughs> when you're when you're right. um when you're doing it i i it's it's one of those conundrums uh, and it happens in in fashion it happens in um uh, in life and career where people i know have uh, decided to spend lots to borrow lots of money to go get a degree in something that really wasn't what they wanted to do uh and because they had they were forced to make decisions like on the spot you know you turn 17 you got to figure out it you got to tell somebody what you're planning to do with the rest of your life 
That never made, made sense to me. Um, you may not know what you're going to do. Heck, I didn't even know what I wanted to do mm-hmm. with my life until I was 27. <laughs> and that has been an ongoing process. I, I'm still there. I, there's something else I'm supposed to do. I've been doing something for 38 years, but, you know, and I've been writing books and I've been podcasting and I've been speaking and, and, uh, and being of service to people for, my gosh, 20-plus years, 22 years, and I still feel there's something else. There's always something else, and I'm always on the lookout for what that thing is, although I think, it's going, I think that everything that I've done up to this point, and this is the way life is, which is really interesting, is that, is that everything we've done uh, has given us a little something that is part of our life mission. It, it helps us develop some sort of skill that we can then adapt into our life mission. And we think that that thing was, we, we go, I hated that, uh, that thing I did. However, there's something you took from it. It's something <laughs> you know, I'm laughing. Yeah. Because I <laughs> so what was yours? Tested, <laughs> I detested geometry. It was like freshman really? year of high school, and I was in geometry <laughs> class because we had to do we had to do these proofs, and and I just my mind could not wrap around having to like it's like philosophy writing out these proofs. But I am completely fascinated with mathematics now and geometry really? and sacred geometry and how mm. things connect and how you know different things uh, it, it just it I, I'm just it, so there's certain mathematicians that I follow and and I mm-hmm. admire their brains my brain cannot envision things but I, I've always been able to connect things I'm maddeningly good at puzzles like because I already see it done so I can pick up a piece somebody has a puzzle I'll just walk up and it's like it all comes together and I'm just like okay that piece goes here this goes here this goes here and maybe that was the problem that I had with geometry in high school was because I mm-hmm. you know I had to physically write it out I couldn't just embrace these amazing shapes and things I, you know it just uh, it didn't work for me maybe I don't you, know but very challenging for me that is I'd so love to cool. hear your it's insight. So, it's, so, it's so cool because what I, my take is that you, you're the macro. I, I, I do this. I, I consider things macro and micro. Um, okay. When I learn, when I learn, I learn by the macro picture. It's kind of like I'll reverse engineer mm-hmm. something. Give me, the, give me the ending of what it's supposed to be. Don't tell me little little step here, step there. Give me the big picture first, and then I'll understand how it all fits together. You know what I'm saying? Right. And that mm-hmm. seems to be so. What you just described is that I, I like to see the big picture of geometry, and then I can figure out, and then I, I fall in love with the nuance of the journey of getting there. Right. Mm-hmm. That's that's it. And, and and other people, they have to have the individual pieces because they don't feel really comfortable because they're not embracing the big picture. That's not the way that they learn. They learn by understanding the little nuances of of the rules of this and the and the angles of that. And and later on, when they want to build something, that's how they build it by doing the doing bottom up versus top down. I guess that's another way mm-hmm. of saying it. I've always so you articulated it so well. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I appreciate yeah, you're that. welcome. I mean, top down, top down, bottom up, 
you know, it's, um, you know, it, it, it's like, don't tell me to put this little brick here and not tell me what we're building. <laughs> I'm going, we're building a pyramid? Oh, that just gives me a whole different perspective on this. Now I can embrace right. what I'm doing and understand how it fits together with the whole thing, right? <laughs> that's, mm-hmm. that's me. And, and, and unfortunately, a lot of, a lot of uh, teachers don't – and they're absolutely awesome. I love teachers. I think they're superheroes, and they ought to get paid more than sports stars, quite frankly, and, and movie actors and other people in, the, in whatever business where they're getting zillions of dollars. Teachers ought to get zillions of dollars and mm-hmm. because they're, they're dedicated to a life of service, and I, and I just love them. So if we have any teachers listening – I think it's absolutely awesome. I think you're superheroes and should be um, portrayed in Marvel Comics as superheroes because uh, uh, your strength and mentally and, and be able to, the ability to connect. However, one of the things that happens is that teachers don't have enough time to individually figure out how each person learns in a classroom because uh, right. uh, everybody does. Some people are dyslexic. I think uh, Richard Branson said uh, 20% of the world is dyslexic. He was dyslexic, uh, and there are other people that I've known who've been dyslexic. And so, consequently, um, vi- many visionaries evidently were dyslexic. Uh, and, it, again, it's back to that ma- macro-micro picture. They want you to mm-hmm. learn, take little individual pieces and learn these little individual rules, and if you know these rules, then you'll be able to create the macro picture, the big picture. And I'm like, no, 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 other way around, other way around. Give me the big picture, and I'll know how the rules fit into the big picture. And that's just such a great, a great way uh, to, to see things. And I've always – that's, maybe that's why we get along so well, because we both see things the same way. It's a, a visionary process of, of – mm-hmm. uh, and, and that's how – I connect with people on that, uh, on that plateau, that framework as well. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, that is a way that you can connect with people by walking into a room and seeing the big picture of what the room is about. I can scan the room. I can see people's body language and see their facial expressions, pick up on uh, the sensations, their their resonant fields as I'm walking by them. And I can sense when someone's out of sorts. Mm-hmm. It, it's just, you know, I, it, it, I know you can too. We all, I think, in, to some degree, have an empathic ability. Uh, we just have to let it out, let it go, free it from its box, so to speak, and, and allow it to, uh, to be part, become part of our lives and not just shut it down and say, you know, I, I don't feel like dealing with that now, you know, because I was thinking the other day that we're, we're either aware that we are in control of our own life and destiny and mission and purpose and feelings and thoughts and all that kind of kind of stuff, or we're not, and we're just being mm-hmm. guided along along this this world by outside influences that don't have our best interests at heart, that don't understand us or our mission and what we're here to do, which is could be com- di- diametrically opposed to where you are now. However, there is something, there is something, again, that you'll learn from everything else that will build. And it's like a, you're building your own little pyramid to, uh, to the top in terms of achieving what you're supposed to achieve. And um, that's just kind of crazy. Um, I, I will say at, at this particular point that there, there, was a, there was a hurricane that wiped out a bunch of, a bunch of homes uh, down in the, 
uh, Central Coast area, uh, Gulf Coast area of uh, of Florida. And if anyone listening has or knows somebody down there, um, send them positive love and light. It's important to have a consciousness uh, of people outside that is a, a helping consciousness. That from that perspective, sending positivity. And um, mm-hmm. because there's a lot of negativity, it's easy to when you lose something, some part of your home, it's just a, it's a process. I've gone through it, uh, and uh, I know people here have gone through it when the hurricane hit here four years ago, and we're coming up on that anniversary, believe it or not, in six days. Four years ago, six days from now, uh, we got hit by a Cat 5, which pretty much shifted everybody's thinking. And uh-huh. I think a lot about it because at the time that it happened, I apply the same thing I apply in the rest of my life when there's no catastrophe or disaster or thing. It is an event that occurs. Why it happens to us isn't important. How it happened to us isn't so important. The fact that the actions that we take in any given moment after we experience something like that are what's important. It's important to take control of our own destiny, our own life, and those around us. Seek them, seek that, tell them that, uh, and give them the power to take control of, of their life by focusing on what is doable, what they can control. Um, it, mm-hmm. It's so easy to get to fall into the hole of how or why this happened to me, and why did this hurricane come here, and why didn't somebody tell me early enough and so I could make different decisions and whatever. You know what? All that goes by the wayside. It's a, it's a great lesson in being purposeful yourself and, and being positive and focusing on what you can control in every single moment. If you need gas, focus on getting gas. If you need water, focus on getting water. Be actively uh, and uh, purposefully moving yourself forward one foot at a, at a time, you know, one foot after the other. That, that's what's important in those circumstances. There's a lot to clean it. It's easy to get overwhelmed. Um, and this goes for tornadoes, hurricanes, um, uh, whatever it is, whatever the disaster is, or it could be just a relationship breakup. Focus on what you can control. And mm-hmm. that's part of the art of being happy is dealing with these things. How can you be happy in the middle of a hurricane? Gratitude, right? Gratitude. Forgive yourself for not making, not having made, you know, alternate choices that could have led to a different outcome. And be grateful that you are there and that you're around people who you love and love you. Be grateful that you have the ability to put one foot in front of the other and move forward in your life. And everything else is just going to fall into place when you embrace your own uh, your own power and sovereignty to uh, dictate your own feelings instead of allowing the the overwhelming sense of uh, not having control take over i think you know what right. i'm talking about it's it's mm-hmm. uh it's a challenge it's a challenge it's a lesson for us who aren't there uh in understanding how to handle other aspects of our life everything else in our life and that is what i do Every single yeah. time. doesn't matter what, what the situation is. It, part of the art of being happy is making sure that we're responding to the positive, 
responding positively to everything that's going on. There's, there's a choice. You have a choice mm-hmm. about doing that. And uh, you have that, that is that control. That is, mm-hmm. Yeah. You have control and it, you have over to your exercise mind. It. Yeah, right. and one of the things that Sean Acor talked about in the Happiness Advantage, he called it the Zorro Circle or the Circle of Control. So it's so interesting that you bring this up, Michael. And he said, you know, when Zorro was training, they drew like a very small circle, and he was not allowed Correct. to get out of that circle until he mastered what was right in front of him. And then he right. drew another circle, and then you know it kept expanding a little bit, little bit, little bit. So even in your day, you know, take uh, whatever is in that little circle and achieve it. And as you do, you know, you can see that you reach that goal. Then you you can expand that circle, and you can tackle the next thing. So whether it's cleaning up your possessions uh, that got strewn around from the wind. I, I saw uh, on one of the news things this man, it was really a remarkable story. It was in his home, and it was starting to flood with waters on the phone with his daughter. And she said, get out. It was a first-floor apartment. And the right. only thing was just right. this little crack in the window. Did you see that? And he got out the window, and he clung to a palm tree for three hours until the water receded and he could walk, you know, wade out through. And this man had had a hip replacement. I'm not sure how much for like before all of this occurred, but you know, when, when his daughters found out that he was alive, I mean, it just, I, I just, I got really teary reading, reading the whole story. And you know, about that determination. And it would have been, you know, even though at that point things looked really bleak and he was holding on, he said, he thought, this is how I'm just, I'm going to drown. This is how I'm going to die. But he he mastered that circle and he was able yeah. to survive. Yeah. It is, in times like that, um, the lesson is, again, what could he control? He He could, he could sit there and succumb to, the water rushing in and uh, and and not make a move, not make a choice, or he could focus on what he could control, which was where he was. Stepped out, went through the crack, climbed a tree, and at, in those moments, having a hip replacement that doesn't even come into being. It's that's not something you think about because your mind is so focused on protecting yourself and. It is. It is rather true. It's um, you can you can allow yourself to be overcome by overwhelmed and overcome by anything, uh, and that is it, it. To me, the skill of resilience begins with focusing on what you can control, and if you do that, you're going to be halfway there already, uh, because you're going to be taking positive action, taking positive action that empowers you to continue to move forward. And yes, mm-hmm. that Zoral Circle thing was kind of cool. Anybody who's seen a Zorro movie or any Zorro movie understands that uh, that analogy that that the great it's a great picture by the way, and that's true. Yeah. You master what's close to you, and and then you you, you get that down, and then you move out. I think uh, in other disciplines it, it works very much the same way. Yeah, and uh, and, and I think that as you know, you realize that you have an opportunity. You start sort of spot more opportunities to be positive, more opportunities to be grateful, the more opportunities Absolutely. to share that yeah. sunshine and really change uh, the day for somebody else. And it, it really is a blessing to be able to do that. And, you know, you, you, 
you do it, like you said, you gravitate towards those people who might be having more of a, a difficult day and, and you offer them a smile or a little bit of kindness and it, it changes that. And, you know, we're so grateful that everybody joins us here each week on TRNFM on Connect to Love because one of the, the things that with uh, this, this book that I realized when they talked about the Harvard Men's Study, the one mm-hmm. achievement, and I'd love to talk about this uh, maybe on the next show, sure. when they asked these men that they followed throughout a 70-year study, what was their greatest achievement? And they said love. And that, you know, I just it just made me smile because here on Connect to Love, we hope that you feel the love from our hearts to you. And uh, I would love, Michael, no pun intended, for you to... Uh, share the last little bit of, of time with our audience uh, here today. Thank you. Um, I really appreciate it. It's been a great show. Uh, thank you for allowing me to go off on a diatribe or two about some really interesting aspects that I think, because the, the art of being happy encompasses a lot of different things. It's not so cut and dry, like you can just shoot an arrow to the middle of a target and you're happy. Uh, however, uh, love is and should be your ultimate mission in life. And if we could just think and act from love, ask ourselves, what would love do now? Um, how, would, how, would, how would love change this situation in life for me and for somebody else? Uh, then it, it creates a paradigmatic shift in your entire life and the life, uh, lives of others that you touch. And that's, that's my message to piggyback Thank onto you. you. <laughs> Thank you. So we look forward. Uh, enjoy a, a beautiful and blessed week. You are magnificent.